Anyone got a real Bible in church? <laughs> Who laughed? Chris, I love you, get my jokes. <laughs> no, no one has a real Bible? Oh, got someone there. Very good, very good. Yes, M's on to me, come on. You know what? Uh, my uh, bag that I took to Cambodia with all my stuff in it is uh, still on holiday. I'm yet to receive it back. And uh, it's, yeah, it's got my tablet in it, which I preach from. It's got my Bible on and everything. And uh, so I've got my old school Bible uh, today and uh, I've got paper. So, so, so going very old school uh, tonight, it's not intentional. It's just simply my tablet is in my bag on holiday. I believe it's in Bali somewhere. I didn't even get to go to Bali. I transited through the airport. And, uh, but my bag stayed behind and uh, is enjoying the sights. And uh, I've been battling Virgin uh, and tick insurance, uh, try, trying to get it all sorted and get my stuff, my life back in order. And they keep asking me for time and I keep saying, no, you have no more time. And the last email was, would you please provide us more time? I responded, no. <laughs> I'm still yet to receive an outcome. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I am, I am a keen virgin. Was a keen virgin flyer. Not anymore. No, never again. It's so sad too, because they're actually a really good airline. Except they don't go to the States anymore, and that's where I want to go back to. So anyways, anyone who tells you that you should carry one of these around, very old school, and uh, it's actually not a good idea anymore, because they don't fit in your pocket. I've tried. <laughs> You can't get these, they're not practical, not at all. And it's only one version, so you can't really dig deep into the Word of God. Can I encourage you? Get up to date, my friends. Get a phone. Oh, you got one? No way. Download the Bible app, all right? Because on the Bible app, you can get all the versions in one. It's amazing. You can highlight, you can add notes, you can comment, you can screenshot and make it a screensaver. There is so much versatility with the modern day Bible. So anyone tells you you need to carry around one of these, not true. Anyways, can I get all of the uni students to stand to your feet? Anyone who started uni or is doing uni right now, come on, stand to your feet. There's lots of yous. How good is this? So good. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. If you are studying, Harry, did you sit down? Are you studying? Stand up. Thank you. If you are, if you are studying, now if you, uh, th thank you Morgan, very good. Uh, is there anyone that has a sibling that isn't here or a son or daughter that isn't here that is also studying? Please stand on their behalf. Come on, stand your feet on their behalf. Look at this, this is incredible. You know what, I really wanna pray for all of our university students before I start tonight, and that's why I want you to stand because uh, the people around you are gonna reach out and just pray for you because this is why it's so important. At university, young minds are formed. They're our next leaders. They're the, the next CEOs, the next prime minister, the next education curriculum writers. They are the ones that are going to go into. Thank you, come on. If you want in on this, stand, please, now. If you want prayer tonight, because I want to pray for you. And we need to pray for our university students that they don't encounter the bombardment of the world saying that their worldview is wrong and that Christianity is outdated. It's not. It's actually the answer to all of the issues of our world. So we're gonna pray for you guys tonight. And on your way out, we have a gift for you all too. 
That's right, yes. In the foyer. See, you're happy you all stood now, aren't you? You even get prayer and gifts, something spiritual and tangible tonight. So on the way out, on your left, uh, there are a whole bunch of Red Frogs calendars. So if you haven't got one from one of the Red Frog stalls, from one of the market days, We've got them here for you tonight and you can take one, stick it on your wall at home and make sure you succeed in what God has asked you to steward this year. So let's pray. Come on church, would you extend a hand towards one of these uni students? Let's pray for them tonight because they're just starting out for this year. So Heavenly Father, we lift up all of our university students to you and God, we ask that this year you would abundantly bless them in Jesus' name we pray. Protect them. Lord, protect their minds and protect their bodies in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, let the plans and schemes of the enemy not prosper over their lives but Lord, that we ask that your will would be done. Lord, that you would cause them to remember the Word of God that they have received, Lord, from whatever area of church that they've engaged up until this point. Lord, we ask that you would protect them. Lord, let them have the answers to defend their faith, to see how they can influence their sector of society with a Christian worldview. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Come on, let's encourage them. Good on you for wanting to further the world around you. I love that. It's a good thing. It is a good, good thing. You know, before I introduce to you my title uh, for tonight, uh, I just really feel uh, to uh, just bring forth a word to just discuss just for a moment before I get into it tonight. Because in that song, Pour It Out, Pour It Out, Pour It Out, I got so emotional because... I so want our generation to see God, to feel His love, to know His presence, to see Him and to know without a shadow of a doubt that He loves them. Revival, revival. When you pray for revival, when you are singing, pour it out, when you are leaning in to the presence of God, I wanna ask you, are you asking God just for a touch for you? Or are you asking God for just another touch for you or another touch for this church or just to feel good in that moment or to receive the power of the Holy Spirit or the fire of God or to be healed or to have something amazing happen in your life? Or are you asking God to pour it out on a generation? Are you asking God to pour it out in you so that it would overflow to a generation to you and through you? Because I wanna put to you that if you step out and do what God asked you to do, you will see revival. If you wanna see it, do it. Because the Holy Spirit was not given to us for us. The Holy Spirit was given to us for us to go and do what Jesus asked us to do. Jesus said, before you go do what I have asked you to do, go and wait. Because the one that's gonna make it possible for you to be a witness to the world around you is the power of the Holy Spirit. So church, I wanna encourage you tonight, if you are wanting to see revival, then step out and do it. Because when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. When you cast that demon out, it will flee. When you lay hands and raise someone from the dead, you are going to see revival. 
That's revival. Souls being saved. Everlasting fruit. Don't just pray for another touch of God because Jesus himself said that it is a wicked and evil and perverse generation that seeks a sign. So don't want another sign for yourself. Don't come to church desiring another touch of God for yourself because I put to you that God will probably not give it to you. But if you reach out and do what God has asked you to do, you will see God move. You will see the power of God in your life because you are doing what He has asked you to do. And it leads me to the title of my preach tonight, Avoid the Line. Avoid the Line. You know, if the enemy can distract a generation from doing what God has told them to do, then that generation will not see much fruit produced. You've heard people say, oh, couples goals, home goals, life goals, travel goals. I wanna put to you tonight, souls goals. That's right, come on. Let's get a little bit Christianese up in here. Souls goals. Say it with me, come on. Souls goals. That's right, for 2023, get yourself some souls goals. Decide how many souls you're going to invite to church. How many souls are you gonna tell about the good news of Jesus Christ? How many souls are you going to shine your good deeds out for all the world to see? Decide tonight, I'm gonna get myself some souls goals. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask tonight that we would get closer to you, that you would encourage us, that you would equip us so that we can do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen? Amen. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I want to encourage you tonight to not live seeing how close you can get to the line but I wanna encourage you to see how far away you can get from it. Rather than living a Christian life and seeing what you can retain of the world or what you can allow in your life or what you can get away with or what little part of the world that's not actually that bad or, or maybe it won't hurt other people or it's not, it's not really even gonna hurt me. Rather than asking questions like that, decide to see how far away from the line you can get. You see, it's the wrong question to ask. You should not be asking, how close can I get to the line and still be saved? How close can I get to the, to the line and still be Christian? It's the wrong question. The right question to be asking 
is how far away can I get? How different can I look? How attractive can I become? It's the wrong question. It's stopping you from seeing what you really wanna see. Do you wanna see your friends saved? Do you wanna see Queensland know the tangible presence of God? Do you wanna see your street impacted by the goodness of Jesus Christ? Do you want our world to know that there is another way to live? Because if that's what you really wanna see, then you won't be questioning how close can I live to the line, but you will be so far away from it doing what God has asked you to do that it won't be something that becomes a stumbling block in your life. You see, the line is where the enemy wants you. He wants you questioning what you can get away with and what you can allow because it's actually consuming mental capacity that you could be applying to how can I get the goodness of God out there? How can I do what God has called me to do? How can I be who God has called me to be? Questioning what you can still hold on to instead of choosing to be so far away from the line that you are so anti to this world. All of the world has to offer. And you're so different and so attractive that maybe people will actually start to question you. Man, what do you have? Why, why are you so at peace? Why, why are you so happy all the time? Why do you have so much joy? Why, why do you never worry about life? See, all of these are the fruits of the Spirit that we are meant to be exhibiting to the world around us. But when we are living so close to the line, we are still consumed with what the world has to offer. When was the last time someone asked you, how do I get what you have? I want what you've got. If it's questionable, you're too close to the line. If it's appreciated by the world, you're too close to the line. If it's comfortable to the flesh, you are far too close to the line. If it's causing you to lower your conviction in Christ or your conscience with sin, you are entering into a bargaining agreement that you do not want to engage in. Can I tell you tonight, you are way too close to the line. You could be one step away from giving up on Jesus. Stay far away from the line as you possibly can. See, this is not what Jesus saved you to do. And it's not what he saved you to be. Be found doing what you should be doing, pursuing what you should be living for. You know, I wonder if Christ came and visited you tomorrow. How would you respond? I remember in grade eight, um, going to Launton Swimming Pool. I was so excited because I had finally learned how to swim. 
Like my whole childhood, I was so petrified of swimming. Because there was this one time when I was really young and uh, we're at Mapleton with the family on this Christian family camp. And, and uh, I was like in the water and I was doing my thing around the edge of the pool, just holding on, you know, to the coping and uh, just working my way around. And uh, I slipped. I couldn't swim. And I'm like doing these, I'm like coming up and I'm, my dad, my older brother playing volleyball. I'm trying to scream out for help. No idea I was drowning. Nope, no idea at all. It was my mum that came and saved me. First though, grab one of the kids. I'm like, mum, leave the kid, just jump in and save me. Anyways, I was petrified of water after that. But finally, I learned how to swim in grade five and it comes to grade eight and it's a swimming excursion. We're going to the Launton swimming pool and I'm so excited. I get up on that block. I've got my boardies on through the towel off and I'm like, man, this is my time to shine. I'm a swimmer now. Man, I jumped in head first. I dove and can I tell you, I experienced a full amount of freedom that you can ever experience in the pool. Those boardies were no longer around my waist. In fact, they weren't even at my ankles. They were off. You see, at that time in my life, I was not uh, having to wear underwear uh, under the boardies. And uh, yep, that's right, full birthday suit in the pool, grade eight, Bray Park State High School at Launton Swimming Pool. Thank God. In the moment of desperation, underwater, I did not surface. That's right. I stayed down, baby. And I reached out and grabbed those boardies and I pulled them all the way back up and then popped my head above the water, looked around, no one had seen. <laughs> praise God, I thought, praise God, because you know, I was short, redheaded and freckled and I got bullied enough, I did not need to be known as the nudie swimmer guy in grade eight. You see, in that moment, I did not anticipate my diving prowess I did not anticipate my bodies coming off. It wasn't a plan. I didn't realise it would have been smart to have still left my underwear on underneath my bodies. I was not ready for that moment in my life. What did Jesus say to the woman caught in adultery? Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Church, don't allow what once had a hold on you to remain in your story. It's not what Jesus wants for you. Jesus is coming back to find you doing and being who he has left you here to be. So don't get caught with your pants down. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Amen. Ask yourself tonight. Ask yourself tomorrow. On Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, ask yourself, how far away from the line can I get? How different can I live to how I'm currently living? How different can I live to the way the world lives? Church, avoid the line. Avoid the street. 
Don't even put yourself on the street so that you have a choice to have to struggle with. Why add temptation to your story when your flesh already struggles enough and the enemy hates you so much that he adds enough temptation in any way? So why live a lifestyle that only makes it harder for you to do what God has asked you to do? If you are not positioning yourself in situations where you need to fight the temptation, then you won't have a struggle to deal with. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 says this, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Do you love the world? Do you love the things it offers? Do you love physical pleasure? Do you love the things you can see? Do you love your achievements? Do you love your stuff? Or do you love Jesus? Do you love his kindness? Do you love his mercy? Do you love his smile when he sees you? Do you love his eyes? Do you love his forgiveness? Do you love his grace? Do you love his perfect love? Do you love his endless, never failing, always available, ever present love? Do you love his voice? Do you love his touch? Do you love his presence? Do you love Jesus? Do you love that he loves you no matter what? Nothing can separate you from his love. Come on, nothing can separate you from his love. Do you love that he makes statements like that in his word that nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of God? No thing that you have done, no thing that you have thought, nothing you did this week, nothing you did last week, nothing you did last year can ever separate you. No demonic power, no sin that you've committed, nothing in all this world can separate you from the love of God. Do you love that we have a God that loves us like that? 1 John chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. Now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. Ask yourself, how different can I start to be? How different can I live? How can I choose to live in a way that I would not shrink back if Jesus visited me? If Jesus came and visited me in my lounge room, if Jesus came and visited me in my car, if Jesus came and visited me in my workplace, 
If Jesus came and visited me in the university, if Jesus came and visited me on my morning, morning run, if Jesus came and visited me in my dog park, would I shrink back in shame or would I be so excited to see Him knowing that I am doing what He has asked me to do? 1 John 5, 21 says this, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. Don't justify a decision for the flesh with a biblical meaning. Because too many of us are doing it. If you're having to justify your actions, then I'd put to you that you're probably performing actions that God would not want you to be performing. Don't justify actions that don't honour God with biblical context intended. If you're having to find a reason to stay in the state that you are in, then you are too close to the line. If you're having to justify your actions, then your actions are probably not actions that Jesus would want you doing. You see, Jesus did not justify himself, even when it probably would have helped. Because it wasn't about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not about you. The more you justify the weeds in your life, the longer you'll live in the bondage attached to them. You see, the more weeds that grow, the more you justify the weeds that are in your life choking you out, the easier it is for the enemy to creep in. Like at a fox in a field, it should probably be shot. It's harder to see the enemy creeping in when you allow the weeds to remain in your life, whether they're new weeds that have popped up or weeds that have maybe been there for so long that you've got comfortable with your weeds. They need to be uprooted. Not even just bent over or trampled or plucked. Uprooted. Completely removed out of your life. You see, in the parable of the sower, Jesus said to the third group of people that the seed fell, but because there was thorns representing all of the different stuff of life, they weren't able to produce any fruit. The worries of this life, the lure of wealth. It doesn't matter if you're yet to produce fruit, whether you're currently producing much fruit or if you've been producing fruit for a very long time, weeds will always grow. You see, we have a battle constantly with our flesh, a war being waged. Weeds come. Weeds get planted by the enemy. And weeds just grow. Because if it's good soil, then you've got a tree growing that can produce fruit. But it means the weeds can also grow. You have to maintain your soil. You have to maintain your life. You have to maintain the surroundings. It's not just, well, I've got my ticket to heaven now. 
I can just carry on with my life. No, it's a everyday taking up of the cross. It's a everyday doing what God has asked you to do because you don't know when God is going to come back. Jesus himself said like a thief in the middle of the night. Worries of this life and the lure of wealth. You see, for new Christians, it might be sex or money or drugs, power, inanimate objects, belongings, stuff. But for those of you in the room that might consider yourself a veteran in the faith, it's actually a little bit harder sometimes to see the weeds that we allow in our lives. Comfort, that's a big one. I encourage you, church, to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because the Bible says when they persecute you, not if, when. You only be persecuted if you're wanting to see revival. And you're only going to see revival if you go and do what God has asked you to do. Maybe it's not comfort. Maybe it's, I've done my time. It's the next generation's turn. I'll pray for them. If you've got breath in your lungs, then God has given you a great commission to do. It is for the whole church, the whole Christian body. Come back to your first love, I would say, to those of you in the room who might consider yourself a veteran in the faith. The reality of it is that only fruit that Jesus cares about is souls. If you're not multiplying what you've been given, then you are wicked and lazy and useless. Multiplying stuff for more stuff is simply that. It's stuff all. It's just stuff. It's true. What are you desiring? What are you seeking? What are you chasing after? What gets you up in the morning? What matters to you more? Because if it's stuff, then you will have stuff all in heaven. You might know your salvation, but you won't have any reward. The only thing that God wants you to do and to focus on is souls. You see, multiplying your salvation with the salvation of others is all that ultimately matters. So what will you do with what you've been given? Stop thinking about the talents as things and stuff, because they're not the talents. Start thinking about how you can tell the world about Jesus. Jesus said, don't store treasures here on earth. What else can you take with you to heaven other than souls? You cannot take stuff with you. Souls, souls, souls. Souls that are going to hell. Family members that do not know the love of Jesus. Friends that do not live with hope and vision and purpose and destiny in their life. Family living blind and deaf and lame, no purpose, no joy, no love, no vision, no reason to live. Family and friends on a pathway to destruction. 
Salvation is their only hope. This world does not need you to have stuff. It doesn't need you to have nice stuff. They need you to show them Jesus. Don't take your eye off the ball. I do this so often in golf, eh? It's like when I'm, when I'm standing there and I'm ready, I'm ready to swing and I'm like, I'm just excited because you step up to the ball and Pastor Mark's right here. And I'm ready. And it just, it feels good. It looks good. I visualized where it is going and I swing and I lift my eyes because I am so excited about this swing that I miss hit the ball. There's one rule in golf, one rule. Don't take your eye off the ball. Don't take your eye off the ball. It's like those moments where you've been swimming at the beach and there's a rip in the water and you don't recognise it and you go out and you, you hide your stuff on the beach. Everyone does it. Everyone knows that you're hiding your stuff. Come on, let's be real. And you get out there and you start swimming and you look up and you see, yep, there's my stuff, my umbrella, a couple of friends. You turn around, you start playing in the waves or throwing the ball, skimming it, body surfing, doing your thing and then you look back up and it's like, man, I've drifted because I took my eye off the ball. I took my eye off the goal. I took my eye off what God had asked me to do. Maybe you are sitting here tonight and you recognise that you've drifted in life a little bit. Maybe you've come back too close to the line. Because see, you've been saved out of darkness and brought into light. So instead of seeing how close you can get to the darkness and how much darkness you can keep in your life, decide tonight to draw a line in the sand and start to walk in the other direction. Decide tonight that I am going to leave that darkness on the other side of the line forevermore because it's in the light where I belong because I'm a child of the living God. It is in the light where you have freedom. It is in the light where you will see revival. It is in the light where you will see souls being saved every day of the week. You do not have to wait to Sunday to see souls encounter Jesus. If you are living in the light instead of fighting with the darkness, you will not have the issues that you are currently struggling with. Because the closer you live to the darkness, the more darkness is in your life. All of that is what Jesus died to wash away from your life. Choose tonight. I am no longer going to watch what I've been watching. I am no longer going to entertain in my life what I've been entertaining. I'm gonna be a child of the light. Come on. Salvation is their only hope. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, it was not the great suggestion, it was the great commission and it is for you and I to get involved and start doing what God has asked us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you could get busy doing what you've been asked to do, you won't be near the line. 
You won't be trying to work out if it's possible or okay to have it in your life. You won't even be asking questions like that. You'll be so on fire seeing people come to know Jesus to even care about satisfying your flesh. What fruit is worth having? Check this out. The fruit of the Spirit, none of these are talents of tangible matter. Have you ever thought about the fruit of the Spirit like that? Love, think about them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. None of those are stuff. They are all of character reference. God does not care what you have. He cares what you are producing in your life and through your life. Paul said to Timothy, one of his young leaders one time, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young, but rather set an example. Young person, don't expect your parents to do it on your behalf because the Bible says for you to do it. Don't expect an older Christian or someone who's been a Christian for a long time to do what we've been challenged to do as young people. It says to set an example to all believers, not even just the world, in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith and your purity. So decide tonight as a young person, I'm gonna set an example to the believers. I'm gonna live so far away from the line that I'm gonna start to draw all of those others that are fighting with the line into what Jesus has freed us to live in. Set an example. This is what you should be focusing on. Jesus said, follow me. Would you want them to follow you? You know why the world loved Jesus when he was here? Because despite dining with them, despite loving them, despite hanging out with them and being in the world with them, he was not of it. He didn't partake of what they did. He was attractive and pulled them out of what they were stuck in. This is what we've been called to do. It's what we've been commissioned to do. And it's what we've been commanded to do. Can I get the band to come back, please? Ephesians chapter five, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. 
For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light, living by the Spirit's power. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Couldn't have said it better myself. Church, tonight I don't wanna encourage you with three takeaways from tonight. We can go to that last slide, thanks. Number one, repent. Don't get caught with your pants down. Repent. Come back to God. Come back to a godly lifestyle. Number two, realign. Don't take your eye off the ball. Don't take your eye off the goal. If you feel like you've drifted back too close to the line, realign your life with the Word of God. And number three, renew. Take a hold of what God has given you and don't let go. Grab it, grip it and get after it. If you wanna see revival in your world, then do what He has asked you to do. Come on, would you stand with me as I finish tonight? Come on, church, we haven't been called to fit into a generation. We've been called to be set apart. We've been called to stand out, to pull them out of darkness and bring them into marvellous light. You see, Peter and James pulled the lame man up. They didn't get him to follow their Instagram account. They grabbed his hand and pulled him out of lameness. You see, when you lead someone to Jesus, salvation does it all. When you introduce someone to Jesus, salvation takes care of it all. Because before we know Christ, we're dead. Dead in our trespasses, dead to life and dead to eternal life. And when we come into salvation, we are raised from the dead and brought into life. You see, before we have salvation, we're blind. We can't see what God wants us to see. We can't see ourselves the way God sees us and we can't see others. But when we get saved, He opens our eyes so that we can see. You see, before we're saved, we can't hear God. We can't understand the vision over our life, the purpose over our life. We can't hear what He's trying to say to us. But when we get saved, He opens our ears so that we can hear His voice and know His voice and know who we truly are to Him. Before we're saved, we can't walk. 
There's no direction in our life. There's no destiny. The will of God is not able to take place. But when we come in to relationship with Jesus, when we come out of darkness and into light, we can walk, we can run, we can run the race, church. You see, all of the miracles that you might be desiring to perform are all wrapped up in that one free gift of salvation. So church, decide tonight that what Jesus has done is enough for you. Even if you don't get your healing tonight, even if you don't see what you are desiring to see for yourself, decide tonight that I am going to preach the good news about Jesus to the world around me because I'm gonna see dead people raised to life Blind eyes open, ears open, and lame people walking again. Decide tonight that you are going to see the gift of salvation flow to you and through you, because that's what you've been called to do. It's not the great suggestion, it is the great commission. Decide tonight to draw that line in the sand and walk the other way. You don't need to be near it ever again. It's not the best life. It's not the blessed life. Church, let me say this over you tonight. You can do what God has asked you to do. You can be who He has saved you and set you free to be. You can do it. Come on, don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't submit to what your flesh is trying to tell you to submit to. Don't listen even to good intentions coming from maybe even believers. Decide to take all of what you are going to build your life on from this book right here and decide that enough is enough. I'm not gonna live in the darkness. I'm not gonna get close to the line. I'm gonna walk the other way and do what God has asked me to do. Do you love Him? Then do what you are asked to do.